Good morning. Welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCom podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. I'm Eric Poppy, a senior manager in Cherry Beckert's Government Contract Services Group, and with me today is Neil Bagan, a leader of Cherry Beckert's Risk Advisory Services Group. Um, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about CMMC. Thanks for joining me, Neil. Hey, Bob. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for coming on. So I guess you know we're talking right now about cybersecurity and the CMMC model. What is CMMC? Well, shocker, it's another acronym. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people when you start talking government and IT, you can have conversations and just acronyms. So this uh, kind of bolsters my argument there. But the CMMC is what's called the Cybersecurity Maturity Model, and it's a certification. So that's the last C is for certification. And essentially, it's a framework that combines various cybersecurity standards and best practice. And really, the intent uh, is to further protect uh, what's called CDI and CUI, that cover defense information and or uh, controlled unclassified information. Uh, the model itself consists of 18 domains, which are compromised of uh, what they've noted as uh, being called capabilities. And capabilities are compromised of practices and processes. Um, and each of these are, are mapped to different levels. So CMMC has levels one through five. Um, and the practices really are activities that are performed at each level uh, for those 18 domains. And the processes detail the maturity of institutionalization for these practices. Um, so some of the folks uh, listening to this podcast may remember and, and be familiar with uh, DFAR 7012, and really the CMMC effort builds on 7012, um, and really you know based on trust by adding a verification component with respect to cybersecurity requirements. Um, however, one of the primary differences that we want to point out on, on today's podcast is that Whereas uh, 7012 uh, only required a self-assessment, and if you recall, the framework was NIST 800-171, mm-hmm. which is one of the ones that I mentioned earlier that, yep. that helps build this, this model. Um, so, so 7012, again, required a self-assessment. However, the intent for CMMC is for certified uh, independent third-party organizations to conduct audits. And uh, really, they've developed another acronym, which is my, my currently my new favorite name of these, uh, of these audit organizations, which are called C3PAOs, which are a certified third-party assessment organization. Um, and, and really, when you start thinking about these levels one through five, uh, you know, the, the, the intent is to map these uh, practices and processes that I mentioned across these maturity levels. And, and if you think of level one being kind of basic cyber hygiene, all the way up to kind of advanced cyber hygiene being level five, um, and for a given CMMC level, the associated practice and processes when implemented are intended to reduce risk against a specific set of cyber threats. Okay. So hopefully that gave you a little bit more color and added some new acronyms to your uh, playbook there. A lot more acronyms, and I do like that one acronym. Reminds me of the new Star Wars movie That's coming exactly out. Right. So, um, so you know, what does CMMC affect or who does it affect? Is this for all government contractors or just small or large? Great question. So at this point, this is for all, and I can't stress all enough, but all DOD contractors. So this is a complete flow down, much like 800-171 was for DFARS. So it affects all primes and subs, no matter of size. In order to um, respond to RFPs and or be awarded contracts, and I'll get into the schedule here in a second for those, every single DOD contractor is gonna to have to be certified at a minimum level. So I mentioned one through five. A lot will depend on the actual contract itself, what it requires level-wise, and it can even 
Um, the thought is that it can even drill down to what, in, in this case, what a subcontractor would actually be doing in fulfillment of the contract. Um, so there is some thought that while a prime may be required to be a level three, maybe a level four, if they're using a sub for certain components um, uh, to fulfill the contract, it's possible that maybe the sub only needs to be a level one or two, but that is kind of still being worked well, out. So that's really interesting because earlier this year, and the uh, there is a proposed rule change, or actually not proposed rule change, that of for contractor purchasing system reviews that would be performed um, by DCMA, that there's an element of now a, a cybersecurity element to that in looking in your supply chain. So, and it talks directly to uh, protecting controlled unclassified information. Yep, absolutely. So it's kind of the two, the compliance world and the IT world coming together. Absolutely. Yeah, it's no secret that cybersecurity is at the forefront of all industries, government and subsequently government contracting being no different. Um, and the DCMA has actually been involved in this process. Okay. So it, it's really being spearheaded by the DOD, uh, but certainly other organizations and key stakeholders have been involved really from the beginning. And while the intent right now is for DOD contractors, I mean, it's widely believed that this eventually will roll out past uh, the defense industrial base and, and past the DOD uh, contractors. So let me just give you a little bit of where we are from a timeline perspective. This is still fairly new. In fact, here we are in December, um, we're on uh, what's called version um, 0 0.7. And it's interesting to start with a zero, but the reason <laughs> is it's still out for, for draft, for comment. Okay. So they've, they've um, publicly issued several zero point fill in the blank number drafts um, over the past year. And really, uh, you know, for, for comment from, from industry and so forth, they currently are also establishing the accreditation body. Okay. Um, so that has not been formalized yet in terms of who is going to certify the C3 PAOs. Um, but that is in process now. Um, the thought being that uh, Rev 1, 1.0, 1 is due to be released in January. And the DOD has said for the past mm, better part of six months or so that they expect that these CMMC requirements will start showing up in RFIs uh, around spring, okay. late spring, early summer, maybe June of oh, 2020. 2020, okay. Correct, yep. Um, and then you're going to start seeing them included in RFPs uh, later on in the year, probably in the fall of 2020. Um, one of the questions we get a lot is, is the four and five, you know, this advanced level of, of cyber hygiene that I talked about, you know, is that attainable for um, for all sizes of organizations? And certainly the DOD, when setting up this model, has tr tried in every effort to make it, um, you know, affordable across the board, no matter of size. But when you start looking at the requirements of the CMM uh, C levels four and five, you can tell they're, they're really targeted toward a uh, smaller set of the defense industrial base sector that supports more of the DOD critical programs and technologies. Okay. So I would bet, um, just knowing what happened with other, with NIST and other compliance type items, like DOE might get affected at some point because there's a lot of secure information there. Absolutely. So some of these agencies that Homeland Security, uh, that, you know, kind of come off of everything just kind of flows from DOD down. So I wouldn't be surprised if this hits. That's exactly right. In, in the last uh, presentation I went to where actually the DOD themselves presented, this is something that if you look at the timeline, it, it obviously appears and in my mind is absolutely aggressive 
um, TBD, whether it's doable for what they are trying to do. I, I know there's over 300,000 uh, defense contractors that have been identified that will need to comply with this. This is not something that's going to happen overnight. I think everybody knows yeah. that. Um, I, if I'm remembering correctly, the DOD mentioned their thought is that this will be rolled out over a five-year period to the mm -hmm. DOD mm -hmm. uh, contractors. Well, just understanding the basics of this framework, it does sound like this would be you know, an allowable type cost that could be recouped in part of the company's indirects, but of course you have to have the contracts and win that to be able to seek the reimbursement as part of your indirect rates. But so for companies right now, should they, how should they prepare? Should they do anything particularly or? It's a great question. Um, so we are advising clients currently on um, the draft models that are out because while they have changed uh, slightly, they tend to change less and less from a content perspective. Um, as we're leading up to, to Rev 1. So there's nothing wrong with getting out in front of things. However, the other thing I'll tell you is if uh, any of the, the folks listening to the podcast have, have assessed previously to other standards, and this could, could be you know most recently 7012 with the NIST 800-171, any of the NIST 853 series, um, be it FedRAMP or FISMA or so forth, um, uh, international standards like ISO, uh, even security-based standards like PCI, um, and then maybe SOC 2, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, a lot of folks now are, are getting SOC 2, especially here in the United States. Um, the thought is that those folks are, are, are going to be in a little better shape. They'll be a little prepared. Uh, in fact, when I talked about the levels 1 through 5, the DOD has said for quite a while now that they expect level 3 to be commensurate with NIST 800-171. Okay. Now, again, uh, you and I both know from a self-assessment perspective, there's a difference between that and a third-party audit. So certainly if you had open items for remediation on a POAM or open items as a result of any of these other audits or, or certification processes that I mentioned, uh, one of the recommendations I would, I would have is to certainly start closing those and, and tightening those. Um, and then for the other group of folks, maybe on this podcast, that have not had to ever comply with any information security um, um, standards, uh, frameworks, and so forth, and have not implemented formally across the board, certainly I would I would uh, suggest that you start taking a look at the CMMC versions that are out there. You can uh, very quickly see the different levels and probably attain where you want to be uh, and kind of work with folks, be it a third party or your internal uh, audit groups, your internal risk management groups, your information security and or IT departments, and certainly uh, feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to help um, in any capacity we can um, and really start to get ahead of these things so that you are prepared when these start hitting the, the streets and the RFIs and RFPs. Okay. Well, great. Well, um, you know, we're that is a lot of information about the new framework, a lot more acronyms now. <laughs> Keep in mind and look up and uh, Neil, we do appreciate you joining us today on Cherry Beckert's GovCom podcast. I appreciate it. Last thing I'll leave you with is we've got a uh, upcoming webinar on CMMMC that's, uh, I believe, scheduled for January 6th or 8th, so be on the lookout for the invite of that. And uh, appreciate your time today, Pop. Great. Thank you, sir.